Hello, this is Coach Aaron Saft in the Running is Life podcast. I have an episode here, another solo, as um, I have been watching and listening to a lot about, um, obviously, the UTMB controversy. There's a lot going on there, and we'll talk UTMB in this episode, but I found it um, hard with my athletes to discuss um you know, their validity for doing UTMB. They're having a very hard time. Um, you know, they've qualified to, uh, they have enough stones or they, you know, they qualified, um, from a race, uh, one of the UTMB races, uh, placing in their age group or overall, uh, so that they can run in the, uh, the big UTMB races. Um, and you know, the conversation comes down to their values And I wanted to kind of get into um, our values and what they should mean to us so far as our alignment with our running. Because there's quite a few things in our running in which our values can help align and make our decisions about certain things in running. And one of those is races, right, as we talk about UTMB. Um, But before I get into that, um, let's talk about values for a second. Um, I went back and, and uh, went through Addie Bracey's book, Mental Training for Ultra Running, as I often refer to, because I think there's so many good things in this book. And I remembered um, early on in the book, and if you have the book, it's on page 17, um, but um, she defines values. So um, Addie's definition of values are our beliefs about the world around us. And our expectations for how we want to exist within that world and the impact that we want to have. So obviously that comes into play when we think about something like doing UTMB right now because there is so much controversy. So many things have happened that, you know, obviously the community um, disagrees with, um, has kind of split the community. And um, that's tough, right? We never want to be divided. Um, And so uh, we have to think about our values and how they come into play in deciding whether we want to do, um, you know, races like UTMB or do something else. Now, I don't have suggestions. I'm just trying to lead you to help you guide your decisions um, and think about things that will help you make, you know, the decision that you will feel comfortable with. Because when it comes down to it, if we imply or if we use our values to make our decisions, uh, we're going the right way. And so, um, you know, she goes on, um, Addie Bracey goes on to say, uh, think about the things in your life that are most important to you. It can be helpful to step outside your own perspective and contemplate what influence or effect you want to have on the people around you or what lasting impact you want to leave behind. Reflect on what guides your behavior or how you base your decision-making. Many factors influence your values, but some areas to include while you're going through this process are family, career, relationships, spouse or partner, spirituality or religion, physical well-being, and community. When examining your behavior in each of these scenarios, try to arrive at a list of four or five core values that consistently show up in every context. So with that said, I started thinking about my core values. And... Um, my core values as a whole, you know, I'm, I'm not specifically thinking about running alone. I'm thinking about my core values are family, friends, and giving back. 
Um, I, my, you know, my, um, my biggest thing in life is my family. Um, obviously I talk about them all the time. Uh, my friends, because I consider them a part of my family and, um, how can I give back? How can I, um, you know, try to, <laughs> in small ways or in bigger ways, how can I impact my community and give back to my community? Um, especially to my sport because the sport has given me so much. Uh, it may be little things, but you know, it, it, little things can have a big impact, especially over a long time. So that's, those are my core values, right? And on page 18 of her book, there is a great, what she calls mental skills training. And it's a, um, it's a an activity that you can go through and it asks you questions that you can think about and, um, leaves you space to write example. Um, or to write your responses. So um, if you haven't gotten this book, uh, obviously it's a great resource. I, I highly recommend it. I've talked about it on countless episodes, but I, I always go back to it. There's so many good things in here. So um, you know that, that's where we should start is with our values. So um, you know, things to ponder on, especially on your run. It's something you can talk about with your um, your training partners, your coach, uh, your spouse. You know, these are great conversations to have because um, sometimes we just don't ponder upon these things as to what actually are our values. What do we believe in? What makes us tick? Because again, you know, when making these decisions and, and they can be tough, I can see how conflicted these athletes are about, you know, should I do UTMB? Should I do any of the UTMB races? Uh, it's, you know, Again, I'm not here to justify UTMB's actions or tell you, you know, you should or shouldn't race these races. That's totally up to you. I can talk about my experience at UTMB and I can, you know, um, and I will. I'll go over that later in this episode. Um, but, you know, in considering those things, um, your values, you know, um, you know, is it going to conflict with you? Are you going to feel guilty for, for going? Are you going to feel um, nervous or stressed by the fact that you're going to be there and feel that you're going to be judged for doing it? Um, that's, you know, those are things to actually think about because you want to enjoy the experience. And if something's going to take away from that, then you have to reconsider. So um, when we talk about races, okay, um, I like to think, that when I think about a race, um, I think about the, um, the RD or the race management, um, as part of my considerations for, um, you know, do this, does this race or is this race going to align with my core values? Okay. And then you can learn that by going to their website. Do they have a vision or a mission statement that can help you understand what is this race or what is this race director or this management team? What are they all about? Right. Um, that's, that's just a piece of it though. Right. I, it's not, it's not the whole thing and it doesn't define whether, you know, you can, say that I, you know, I agree with everything this race does. You don't have to agree a hundred percent with what a race does in order to do it. Right. Um, that's, well, I mean, maybe you want to, and that's fine, you know, obviously. Um, but how is this race going to impact the community? Uh, I think about a race like the Canadian death race. I was just talking to an athlete yesterday, uh, about the Canadian death race. And, um, most, of you know, my friend, um, 
Mercedes. She's going to most likely go up and do the Canadian death race. And my friend Nathan, who has been on this podcast, uh, Mercedes has been on here as well. Um, but you know, they're considering going to do the Canadian death race, which I think is fantastic. I love that race. Uh, and why? Why is it? Uh, it is under new race management uh, from when I had done it. I did it back in 2016. Uh, so it is a different race management team, but the idea behind it is wonderful. Um, the the small town of Grand Cache is, um, it's I think east, if I'm remembering correctly, east of Alberta, Canada. It's a small, small town. It was a former mining town, and the mine closed down, so there's not many jobs left other than, you know, some of the shops, restaurants, etc., that are around the uh, the town. So this race helps the community so much. They create a festival around it because of how much they want to celebrate people coming to their town, and because it's it the impact, the economic impact that it has is so big and that's something that's so great you know you're helping this town uh, you're helping the people within this town to make their livelihoods to make ends meet to make them you know be able to put food on their table the roof over their head so you know when i talk about the impact it's not only the economical impact because a race like that obviously that's huge for the town but it's also the envir- environmental impact what are we doing to the environment? That's also a consideration that some people have. Not everybody thinks about it, but it's something to ponder on it, whether you're okay with the environmental impact. Now, you know, we can go to a race like uh, Chicago or New York City uh, that, you know, they use cups. Now, what type of cups do they use? That's the big thing, right? How much trash does a race um does it you know collect how much trash are we um are we making during a race that's huge um if you if you want a good read and to learn a lot more about the environmental impact damien hall's book we can't run away from this uh, i'll put that one in and addie bracy's book into the show notes as a reminder but yeah damien hall's book we can't run away from this it talks a lot about our environmental impact and you know what races do what does um you know the shoe manufacturing companies what what impact do they have what impact does our travel to races have all of these things create environmental impact so if those are things that worry you concern you things to consider right like the you know are you traveling by air that has an environmental impact right um you know should you do a carbon offset Many races have carbon offset programs that you can contribute to to um, you know kind of equal out not only your travel but your impact that the race is having on the, on the environment in which it's run. So again, things to consider, right? Um, there's many uh, races that are trying to do goal zero, right? Like have zero um, you know waste. And, and do as much recycling, compacting, uh, terracycling as possible. And that's awesome. So if, you know, if, you're, if that's a big piece of your values, then look for those races. That are, you know, that's a high priority for the race. Um, some, you know, just some, some fantastic RDs doing amazing things with um, trying to make as little econ- or, um, environmental impact as possible. So again, things to consider. Okay. Um, and how does the race contribute 
to the community? What do they do to contribute or give back to the community? It's not that they have to, but I like to see those things. You know, that's that's part of some of the considerations that I like to see is what are they giving back? How much are they giving back? And and what ways are they giving back to the community? Um, you know, there's there's races that do a ton of trail work, like Western States, for example. It is amazing the amount of trail work that Craig Thornley and the crews that they do to keep that trail open and running and going for the runners. I mean, after the fires that they had, uh, the high snow, it was incredible to see the course and the amount of work it must have taken for them to get the race to, to take place. Um, I remember, you know, when I was directing um, Hellbender, there is just so much work, so many trees that come down and it takes, you know, a lot of manpower and a lot of volunteer hours to keep trails clear because trees are constantly coming down. So, you know, how, how much work is that, um, organization, that race director, how much are they doing to help the trail systems to give back? And it may be that they're just donating to those that help maintain it. That's another way to do it, right? Or requiring trail work to help um, manage those trails. Um, you know, a lot of races have a um, an eight-hour volunteer. Sometimes it's mandatory trail work. Sometimes it's volunteering at a race. But, you know, these are cool things that RDs are doing to try to help the trails that they're using. So some considerations and things to think about. Do they do community service? All right. Is there an outreach? Do they, they have, um, you know, people from the community coming to volunteer at the aid stations? And in return, you know, the race is donating money back to those organizations, those local organizations. Um, so, you know, again, things to consider. You know, um, Leadville, Leadville, you know, they give back to the community. There's a lot of, you know, there's scholarships that they give to the local high school each year. I mean, it's incredible that, you know, the things that these races try to do to give back to the community when that's that's a great thing. So if it aligns with your core values, again, you know, these are things that you can look at and say, yes, that's something I can get behind. Okay. And then there's the bucket list races. And that's where we come to the discussion on UTMB. Um, You know, it may be a marathon major, right? Uh, Boston, New York, Chicago. Um, you know, Tokyo, London, Berlin, you know, there's, there's some great, amazing bucket list races out there. And again, we have to consider, you know, what is our travel impact? What is our impact on our family, right? If our family is part of our values, uh, you know, are they able to come? Are you going to have to commit a lot of time and take time away from the family? What does that all look like? So that's a great conversation, of course, to have with your family and make sure they're on board. You know, my family, for the most part, (laughs) loves going to my races because they get to see new places and experience new things, which is, you know, a great thing for me because I feel comfortable racing because I know my family's behind it. They're there. They're enjoying it. Um, I try not to sacrifice much family time. I try to be there for my family. So, you know, again, when I consider that, as I said, family is my number one thing. So if if it affects my family too much, I have to make that consideration. Uh, this year, uh, I would have loved to have done Tour de Jean. Um, I, you know, I, I want to, and I still want to, put in for the lottery um, for Tour de Jean over in Italy. But it's not in the cards. You know, when I spoke to my wife about it, she said, not this year. You know, we, we traveled to Italy in 2023. You did the Grand Slam. You know, that, that, that was a lot. The Grand Slam took a lot of financial commitment. 
Um, I talked about that in a previous episode. And, uh, you know, she's right. I did do a lot last year, and this year probably isn't the year to do it. As my son's looking at colleges, we need to focus on him. So it's my time to kind of step aside. Yeah, I still get to go do Hellbender. Thankfully, that's local. I don't have to travel far for him. All my spring races are very local. I can I can pretty much drive to everything. Um, and then, you know, I do have High Lonesome this summer. Um, so fortunate to get in through the lottery there. So, um, you know, I'm, I'm so looking forward to high lonesome that does require travel. Um, so, but I am in alignment with what high lonesome does. I like what they are doing as a race. I agree with their values. Um, you know, so it's, you know, uh, it, it is a bucket list race for me. Um, for you, it may be Western States and that's great. You know, obviously it takes a lot of time and commitment to try to get into Western States. You may get lucky and get drawn early in your lottery ticket. Uh, we'll call it your lottery ticket career. Um, you know, and, and there, there are other ways in. So keep your eyes open. You know, there's the, uh, the essay contest from, um, ultra running magazine. You can do that contest. You can buy raffle tickets. That's the way I got in, right? Um, there's sponsor spots, there's volunteer spots. So there's other ways to get in, right? Um, you know, and when I did, um, Leadville, I did a fundraising spot, right? And you can do that for the, the world marathon majors, raise money. That's a, you know, a great way to get into a race. Um, because again, that's, part of my core values is giving back. And I see that as a good way to give back, especially to um, organizations that have something that I fully believe in, which um, Leadville, the Challenged Athlete Foundation, you know, I could not have felt better about what I was doing and helping give access to sport to the, the challenged athletes. I love that. So, um, you know, these, these things are all there's options and you can align your values with them so that you can do them. Now, again, with UTMB, that's a hard decision right now, right? There's a lot that has transpired just in the past few months. Now, when I did it, um, you know, I, I don't think I was really prepared for the commercialism of the event. Um, you know, up to that point I had been trail racing and, you know, it was more, um, I hadn't done a, a big race in a while. And obviously that is a, a really big race. So it was kind of a, a bit of a shock to see, you know, the commercialism, the banners of all the sponsors, um, inflatables at aid stations with the sponsors names at them. So, you know, that it didn't, I, I, I it didn't distract me, but it kind of in a way detracted from the event. Um, you know, I mean, the course was fabulous, but if I'm running in the middle of the night, I don't want to see a, um, illuminated, uh, inflatable with Columbia on it. Columbia was the, the, you know, the main sponsor that year. Um, especially you know, when I've been running for a number of miles in the dark and just enjoying the quiet and solitude of the mountains and the sereneness of nature. And then all of a sudden to be, you know, all, you know, very, very aware of, this this brand and the branding I, I understand there's visibility and needs to be visibility for the sponsors in order for an event to transpire but it gave me the awareness that you know utmb is a big business that's what they're you know that's what they do right so um you know with that in mind and understanding it is a big business i, I start to understand I'm not condoning their actions but i understand their actions we as a community 
and you may not have been in this sport long enough to know, but we as a community, we um, we called to action to say UTMB needs more North American races. That was only a few years ago that we called to action to say we don't have enough races here in North America to help us to get to UTMB. Now, the way they did it, again, I'm not condoning what they did up in Whistler, but I'm saying they're trying to meet what the demand was, the, the call to action, right, in, in whatever way they deem necessary, right, as a big business. And Whistler is a big business, part of the Vail conglomerate of ski slopes. So, you know, it's two big businesses coming together, right? And so, um, again, it's it's... It, it, it didn't go down the way that most people wanted it to. I, I I don't like the fact that Gary was was shut out, especially after a race that he'd been putting on for so long. Um, that's tough to you know swallow for any of us, especially you know as as runners. And most of us are not engaged or have big business. So. With that said, you know, it's it, what are you going to do? And, and if your decision is to not do UTMB uh, races because, again, it's not aligning with your core values, I totally get it. Um, I totally understand. I was surprised when Grindstone itself sold to UTMB. It wasn't but a few years ago that, you know, Clark Zealand wrote a letter saying that he would, would have no part in UTMB or becoming a UTMB qualifier. Now, as um, an RD of Hellbender, I wanted to give people the ability to earn points to try to get to UTMB all before this went down. So we were a UTMB race, not we weren't owned or affiliated. The only way we were affiliated is that you could gain points by running Hellbender so that you could get to UTMB. Again, prior to all of this. So, um, you know, again, I, 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 things have changed and they're trying to meet their market demand. Um, so, you know, is it, is it right to go run this year? That's for you to decide. Um, you know, you may be affected by everything that's people are saying right now, and and that worries you. If then if that's the case, then you perhaps you hold off. But if you're you know if you've been wanting to do this for years and have the opportunity and you're good with going, you know I'm not going to fault you. Uh, uh, really, I'm not. I'm not. I'm not here to judge. That's not my place. Um, you know, I, like I said, it's an amazing experience. Um, you know, I, I've often said, I don't think I would do it again. I, I didn't have the greatest race, but at the same time I had the experience and I think it's time for other people to make that experience. Uh, cause there's going to be people that do it either way. Right. And, uh, you know, I, uh, like I said, I'm not here to judge those folks that do. So I leave it to your decision. You make an educated, um, decision. You know, watch, uh, listen. There's, you know, there's so many points and counterpoints. Um, seems to be more uh, counterpoints against UTMB right now, but um, there's plenty of information out there. So based on the information, you make your own decision. Okay, enough about that. Um, the next piece of this that I, I felt values comes into, and it's that time of year where uh, brands are announcing their athletes, their ambassadors, uh, their sponsored athletes. So, you know, we, we're, we're seeing all the social media posts right now. Oh, I got an ambassadorship with X, Y, and Z. Um, and here I kind of wanted to talk about, you know, my experience. Uh, when I first started really getting um, into, um, I hesitate to say sponsorship, but uh, in 2007, when I won the trail marathon, 
um, U.S. championships, um, I picked up my first sponsor in La Sportiva. And La Sportiva at the time was managed by Buzz Burrell. Um, you may remember Buzz from FKT.com. He was one of the first to, um, to kind of come up with the term fastest known time. Um, Buzz managed the team. And um, by signing on with La Sportiva, we did sign a contract. We were agreeing to a certain amount of uh, pairs of shoes per year, a certain amount of gear, and also some ancillary companies that would send us product. Um, so we had Petzl, Nathan, um, First Endurance, and Jubal, the sunglass company. So we received um, all of this stuff. Now, you know, again, at the time it was, I signed this contract in 2007, it was for the 2008 race year. Um, you know, we, there was no, um, monetary value to this. I did not receive any type of salary, uh, travel stipend that, you know, that the, the sport was so young in regards to trail running that, you know, there was, I don't think there was anybody at the time that was really receiving anything to that degree. Uh, maybe Scott Jurek, <laughs> uh, trying to remember, um, Brooks maybe, uh, had Scott at that time. I, I, I have to really look back and see, but, um, I wasn't even really familiar with ultra at the time I was running trail marathon and lower. I was running mountain races, um, Mount Washington and, um, trying to do the, uh, the world mountain running championships. Um, and you know, it, it alternated years uphill one year and then uphill downhill the next. Um, so with that said, um, you know, I, um, my commitment to them was, you know, just to, to race, uh, at the time, social media didn't really have a presence, you know, uh, Facebook was pretty much in its infancy. Um, so we didn't have to share anything on social media um, that, you know, that wasn't even a, a part of the conversation. Um, we just had to, you know, wear their stuff at races um, and, uh, you know, just kind of support the brand in whatever way we could. Um, it was, again, kind of the infancy of, of sponsorships. Um my, you know, my relationship with La Sportiva was great, but they weren't producing the footwear that I really wanted. Um, so, um, you know, I, I decided to move on, uh, signed a contract with, um, Innovate Shoes because I really liked Innovate Shoes. I liked what they're doing. Um, I felt comfortable in the brand. Um, they were, you know, they were giving back to the sport. They were sponsoring um, not only athletes, but races. So they were really getting engaged with the sport back then. Uh, and this was around 2008 or 2009. I think I was with La Sportiva for, um, I can't remember if it was a year or two years, but anyhow, I moved on to, to um, I signed a contract with Innovate and ran for Innovate. And that, that contract stated that we got 12 pairs of shoes every year. That was our uh, allotment. And then we would receive um, two drops um, each year of a uh, kit. So, you know, we would get stuff to race in and train in uh, twice a year. Uh, again, no travel stipend, no salary. Uh, so um, I stayed with Innovate for quite some time before the CrossFit revolution happened. And Innovate got heavy into the CrossFit game and they dropped the trail running team which was fine. You know, that's again, a business making a decision based on what they wanted to pursue. Um, it was hard. <laughs> it was hard to get dropped. Um, 
you know, and in the meantime, uh, you know, I, I ran, I got to start running in what I wanted to run in and, you know, started really enjoying the fact that I could just run in whatever shoe that I chose. I could use whatever apparel I wanted. Um, you know, and this is when technology started to really explode, not only in the footwear, but in um, the kits that we could have, you know, the packs that we could carry, um, water bottles, you know, Ultimate Direction was making really um, big advances. And so, you, you know, Ultimate Direction became one of my next sponsors. Um, again, it was a product sponsorship. Uh, I was allowed uh, a certain amount each year to spend on packs. Um, and it could only be on packs. There was nothing other than, you know, basically, um, I was allowed to use the, uh, the money allotted, uh, at the time, I think it was, I can't remember if it was 250 or $300 that we were allotted to, to buy, you know, whatever we wanted for the year. Um, and you know, I was, uh, I was happy with ultimate direction. I, I, I liked what they were doing. Um, and then, you know, packs started to evolve. And, um, I, I, um, I, I moved out of my relationship with ultimate direction and, um, most recently picked up Useway, USWE Useway. Uh, most of you heard me talk about Useway. I used it all last year for the grand slam, but at the end of 2023, they brought in a new concept and this was, um, prior to, you know, or excuse me, this was post, um, signing, you know, onto the brand saying that I, you know, I would be an ambassador and, and, um, uh, we really, you know, we had just some, you know, you need to do a post once a month about you sway tags and all this stuff, uh, which was okay. I'm not the biggest fan of doing that. Um, as most of you can see on my social media, I hate posting like pictures of myself. I like posting pictures of nature because I find it much more beautiful <laughs> than my ugly mug. Um, but, um, you know, towards the end of 2023, they came up with this social ladder. And in this social ladder, you had to do certain things in order to gain your um, your uh, your sponsorship, your uh, your uh, your money that you could spend. Uh, we were allotted five hundred dollars, and that was wonderful—a huge support. That you know, we get, we were allotted five hundred dollars to spend on whatever useway merchandise we wanted. Um, so um, that was fantastic, and I sincerely loved their stuff. I appreciate their support. So, but it became, you know, the social ladder, um, having to, you know, produce videos and do social media posts. It doesn't align with my values. Uh, it's not something that I'm comfortable with. That's outside of, you know, things that I like to do. And, um, I had to decide, you know, they came to, to us at the end of 2023 and said, Hey, you know, we're, we're, we're signing the 2024 athletes. We're going to make, uh, it three levels. So, you know, they're going to have some pro athletes. Um, they're going to have an intermediate level and then their ambassador level. I don't know which level I would have fallen on, but, um, you know, it, it's, it's stipulated that we had to do this, um, social ladder. And it was something that I went to the team manager and said, I appreciate everything that you have done for me in 2023. It is nothing against the company. It is nothing against the, um, um, the product, uh, you know, but I just don't feel comfortable, um, with this social ladder. You know, I don't want to commit to something that I'm not comfortable with. Just as I talked about earlier with the races, it just doesn't align with me or my values. It's not something that I do. It's not something that I want to do. Um, and, you know, and the, and to the manager's credit, um, 
he said, Hey, you know, let's have a conversation. You, you know, you don't have to do this social ladder. But then I feel like, again, it's against my values to do something that I'm not, you know, I'm, I'm being asked to do and I'm not doing it. So I don't want to do that to a company. If that's what they want us to do, then that's what I believe I have to do. I don't want to be an exception. I don't want to be an exception to any rule. That's not me. Uh, you know, I want to play fair. I want to do what the rest of the team is doing. Um, I think everybody on the team should, you know, be doing the same exact thing. Uh, and again, I just wasn't comfortable with doing that. So, um, so I, 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 I've ended my relationship with Usway. Um, just because, again, it, you know, it didn't align with me and my core values. Um, it's a tough decision. Um, and again, I, I just want to reiterate, I sincerely appreciate everything Usway did. But when you're considering these things and you're considering these brands and becoming an ambassador, um, you have to consider those things. What is their requirements of you? Do you feel comfortable doing all of that? Because you are signing a contract. So you are liable if you're not doing those things. That can come back on you. So, you know, be aware of those things. Be aware of what's expected of you. Uh, you know, it, it, yeah, it's cool to have the support of brands. I, I totally get that. <laughs> I, I love that too. Um, and, you know, I, I always wanted to have brands that I wanted to support. Because if I did do a social media um, post and I am putting my name behind something, I want the brand to be reflective of something that I can be proud of. You know, it's there. There are some really cool brands out there and doing amazing things. And if you know, um, if my core values align with with those, I, you know, I wouldn't have a problem with it. But at, right now, I'm super happy not having any alignment with really any brand and just being able to um, do my thing. You know, wear whatever I want to wear and you know do whatever I want to do on social media and not have to hashtag. Um, I don't, I'm, I don't judge anybody that does. Again, this is, you know, that's my prerogative, right? Um, I, I have no problem with people that do. I think it's cool to have the support of brands and to have that kind of relationship. So, um, to you, you know, if that's your thing, more power to you. I'm not an influencer. <laughs> I don't post on social media to, to be an influencer or to, you know, to, um, to try to sway people towards a certain brand or anything like that. Um, I'm solely here to present facts. You know, I don't have sponsors of this podcast. Um, I, I, you know, I, I don't believe that this podcast should be swayed due to certain products. Um, I want to give you fact. I want to talk to you about real things like our values here. So these conversations mean something to me. And I, I hope it means something to you in which you can make considerations to help you know, make your decisions um, about your running. Because the last piece of this is coaching. And this is something a few weeks back we talked about on the Finding a Coach um, episode. Your core values should align with that of your coaches. If your core values are family and family time, you should present that to the coach. When you have your initial conversation, you say, hey, I'm a family man. I need to understand what's my time commitment and you know how much time can I give or, you know, tell your coach, this is how much time I have. Is that realistic? Um, you know, I have work obligations, right? Like it, these are all things that should be communicated to your coach. So your values are very important. And if they don't align with that of the coach that you're interviewing, then it's potentially not the relationship you want. Okay. 
So consider that when you're considering a coach and go back and listen to that finding a coach episode because we talk more in depth about it. But I thought it would be an in-service to you to not mention um, coaching. So um, with that, I hope you have some ideas now about you know thinking about your values and making them align because your races will go so much better when your your values align with the races that you're doing. Um, there's a whole nother piece that Addie Bracey talks about in her book. She talks about aligning your values with your why. And I think that's an important piece. What I read to you earlier in the episode is the beginning of aligning your values with the why for the race. So go through, uh, if, you know, like I said, if you don't have that book, I suggest you pick it up. It's a good time of year. If your race is kind of late spring, early summer, it's a good time of year right now to go through that book. And start thinking about those things. She'll start making you think about things that you know can really help you on race day. Okay, so not my suggestion. The other book that I suggested was Damian Hall's "We Can't Run Away from This." I think that's a great book to open your eyes to what's going on in our sport and what our sport does to the environment uh, and to um, you know the world as as a whole. So um, I hope you enjoyed that. Um, there's, you know, there's, there's a lot going on in my life right now. Um, we are at the end of uh, winter track here. February 10th is our state meet. So um, coming to an end of winter track, I'm looking forward to spring track. Um, that will be following winter track. So we kind of transition right to it. Um, training is, is going well. Um, you know, I, I, like I said, I've been busy. So if you look on Strava, a lot of my runs are treadmill runs at like 4.30, 5am. I'm just getting up and trying to get it in because my day has just been jam packed, been so busy. Um, you know, I'm, I'm, I've got a, a full stable of athletes. So I, I apologize if you're looking for coaching right now, I am full. Um, excuse me, it never hurts to ask if, if I'm going to have availability in the midsummer or if I can save you a spot for summertime because some people will get through their spring goal race and, and want to take a break from coaching. So, you know, again, can't hurt to ask if you're looking for perhaps like, uh, you know, start training in the summer for a fall event, you know, and, and you want to reserve a spot, please reach out. Um, it is, uh, you know, a great time right now. Uh, I've been enjoying, um, Jason Coop is doing, uh, one hour sessions, uh, with coaches, um, through the USCA certification program. I'm enjoying his conversations about what's going on in our sport. Uh, it's not just kind of going through the material in the ultra running course. He's kind of taking a deeper dive into some of the topics and giving us current research and um, principles behind the research. So um, it's it's been great, great learning. Uh, I'm, I'm just really glad to you know to have the the ability to um, to to be able to do these courses and learn more. Because, uh, you know, hopefully it will serve my athletes better. So um, some interesting things have been coming out of the uh, Research Essentials, speaking of Jason Coop. So if, if you haven't subscribed to Research Essentials, uh, I could put a link in the show notes. But I think it's like $99 for the year. But every month he puts out three uh, research articles and he talks about their application to, uh, to ultra running and to training. Uh, there's some really good stuff coming out here lately. So, um, you know, if you haven't subscribed to that, I, I highly suggest it. If you want to kind of stay attuned to what's going on in, uh, in research and the current findings, really good stuff there. Really good resource. 
Okay. Um, other things going on. Um, my next race is uh, February. What is it? February 17th. Uh, coming up quick here. Wow. Um, yeah. So that's going to be uh, the Cabin Fever 50K in West Virginia. Um, if you're doing Cabin Fever, let me know. I'd love to, to meet you and say hello. It's so cool. Um, meeting people that listen to the podcast, like I did Charlie at South mountains. Um, you know, it's, it's super awesome to, to meet you all for, you know, um, <laughs> uh, the listenership is growing and I appreciate that. And if you find uh, value in these episodes, please share it. Uh, I really appreciate that. Uh, I really, you know, like I said, trying to put out information that, you know, does make you think that makes you, uh, perhaps, you know, apply something different to your life or training. Uh, I hope that it has that impact. That's, you know, the point of this podcast. So I appreciate you all listening. As always, thanks to my Patreon supporters. I really appreciate you helping me keep this going. Um, Thank you all for listening. And until next time, keep moving forward, my friends.